Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times in Bloomington. Today we're going to talk about area tourism. We have uh, two guests in the studio with us today. Mike, McA- Mike McAfee is the executive director of the Monroe County Convention and Visitors Bureau. And Lynn Lucas is executive director of the Columbus Area Visitors Center. Mary Catherine Carmichael uh, couldn't be with us today. She's tending to some personal business. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. Or you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Mike, welcome. Thank you very Good much. Good to have you here, and Lynn. Good to see you again. Good to see you. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Uh, tourism is big, and you know, pe- people who don't live in Indiana don't often think about us as a tourist state. And I think uh, you know they're they're mistaken. There are a lot of things to do in, in Indiana, and Bloomington and Columbus are two of the hot spots for for tourism. So we want to spend an hour talking about that today. We have to start. I have to start with uh, what's been going on in Columbus. Uh, we talked last week about flooding. And all the issues involved with flooding, and I know Columbus was hit particularly hard in some neighborhoods. Certainly, uh, and I appreciate the uh, opportunity to talk about that. Uh, it could always have been so much worse. Um, you know, I think we're grateful. Uh, our staff was fine. In fact, most of the people I know in Columbus uh, are safe and their homes were safe. About 10 percent of our residential areas were affected, and certainly we are very sensitive to those folks and they're still uh, they're still digging out and uh, and sorting out. On the other hand, uh, tourism was not greatly affected, and uh, you always count your blessings. And it's our job to bring in those visitors, that traffic into the community. And in fact, downtown Columbus, where the visitor center is. Uh, It was not affected. Um, Downtown has been dry, and the visitor cannot see any effects of flooding. We've been uh, running our walking tours and our two-hour bus tours uh, since uh, Wednesday last week and uh, did not have to adjust the uh, bus tour uh, except for a couple of minor changes. Our hospital, as most folks know, was affected by flooding. They're near the Haw Creek, and the lower level of the hospital was flooded. A lot of equipment was damaged, and we don't need to be in the middle of that traffic with our motor coach, so we've adjusted that. But uh, our attractions are open. Our tour is going. We've had visitors from all over the country starting last week. And uh, our hotels and restaurants, uh, for the most part, have been open. We had a couple of power outages with uh, a couple of the hotels on 46. The Holiday and Conference Center took some um, some damage. Um, there, in, as most uh, folks in this area know, the Holiday Inn is in a floodplain at the interchange of 46 and 65. They have reopened. They are taking uh, guests into rooms, and uh, the net effect, as I said, for Columbus is that um, tourism is alive and well, and we're trying to get that message out. We did lose one uh, large sports tournament, and sports tournaments are really important to Bloomington and Columbus, and if our estimates are correct, probably about a million dollars loss in that economic impact. It was a very large state tournament. Um, So um, our fields are good. Our tournaments um, are continuing. They're in uh, tournament uh, condition, and so we're feeling very optimistic. All right. Mike, uh, Bloomington and Monroe County, we we didn't uh, really have the same kind of impact that Columbus, Martinsville, some of the area communities had. But uh, were there any effects? Certainly not as much as Columbus, as you said, uh, but but somewhat. Um, I think uh, maybe during the height of it all, you know, a couple weekends ago – when some of the roads were closed, people having trouble getting here. But, uh, you know, all that's passed, and, and I don't want to make light of it. There was some water downtown and on Kirkwood and that type of stuff, but uh, everything seems to be going well. Probably the biggest issue that Bloomington and Monroe County faced involved the, the football stadium and the, and the potential effects of that. You want to talk about that? Absolutely. Well, we uh, are very fortunate to be hosting a, a large, large event uh, in August, August 7th, 8th, and 9th. Drum Corps International, their world championships will be here. And there was some water damage to the field, 
But um, thankfully, uh, Indiana University has come through and they're going to replace the field. It's going to be ready, uh, uh, you know, from what I read this morning, August 1st, and that starts on the 7th. So it works out well. Mm-hmm. And uh, along those lines, that, that uh, Drum Corps International event is going to bring how many people to town? Between 30 and 40,000 people from all over the country, uh, mm-hmm. fans that are very passionate about uh, that uh, you know, that stuff. And, and we'll be here uh, converging on Bloomington, actually all over the state. It's really a tourism event for the whole state. Mm-hmm. A couple days prior and a couple days after, uh, a lot of people plan their vacations around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lynn, so, do, you, do you expect any residual effect? Always. That? <laughs> it's always wonderful when Bloomington and Indianapolis have large events. And, and certainly we have spillover uh, in those directions as well. We work together really well. That's uh, one of the nice trends in tourism, all the partnerships in the region and throughout the state. I think our staffs work extremely well together. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we leave the, the DCI event, and we certainly can come back to it, um, there's one band, one drum and bugle corps that's been here for a week or two that's mm-hmm. been, you know, I, I, I know I, I want, was wandering around walking the dogs one night and I heard this music and right. I wondered what in the heck is that? Right. And so, you know, we start, I, what I do is go back to the newsroom and say, okay, let's find out what that was. So we've now had a couple stories on it, but it's the Carolina... Carolina, what? I can't remember the name of the. I'll think of it. It's a. It's that's that's which one it is. I don't, I don't know the name of uh, the last name either. But they are uh, actually doing a public performance tonight at Bloomington South, and uh, sometime uh, around eight thirty is when that starts. People are urged to get there around seven thirty, and that's uh, a free performance, and uh, it'll be great to see. And you're absolutely right about. Um, the level of the of the music, um, we uh, are asking uh, the public to be ready for that. Uh, it's a great event for the city. We'll again, we're bringing thousands of people. Probably uh, the economic impact of a football game plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's fantastic for us the weekend prior to when football starts. So um, we appreciate uh, Bloomington and, and everybody um, in the area getting ready for that and and welcoming all these cores of town. Yeah. All right. Our phone number is 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. And you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. We're talking about tourism today with Mike McAfee from the Monroe County Commission of Visitors Bureau and Lynn Lucas from the Columbus Area Visitors Center. Um, I, I think the other issue besides flooding that is on everybody's minds today is is the whole gas price uh, issue. I, I know that uh, we've I've read a lot in the national press about people changing their habits and their their vacation habits and how people are are making different kinds of plans. From your two perspectives, Mike and, and Lynn, uh, what are you seeing out there? What are people doing with their vacation plans? That has the have gas gas prices affected it, Lynn? I would say there's some effect. In fact, yesterday I attended the Indiana Tourism Council meeting in Columbus, and we had folks in from all over the state. And we had a very good discussion, uh, members of the hotel community and certainly the restaurants and all the hospitality industry, looking at trends. We've all had a very, very positive year um, through about March or April. We do think that $4 um, a gallon has had some effect. Um, sports, the tr- trend seems to be that uh, some families are sort of doubling up rather than two families and more hotel rooms that uh, a family will take somebody else's children one trip and, you know, the, the trips aren't canceled. That may be some adjustment. Also, what we're hearing is that um, on business trips, uh, sometimes there is an extra couple of days added, so everything's done in one trip, and maybe the family comes along in the business trip. Indiana, for the most part, as you know, is a drive-to destination, and that's certainly in our favor um, for destinations that are totally dependent on air. Um, they're they're seeing that effect, I think, even more than we are. Um, it's um, it is a challenge. I think we uh, the consensus yesterday was let's market the uh, attractions, the drive to attractions throughout this state, and let's work together. Mm-hmm. Mike, 
Well, Lynn said it. I mean, people are changing their patterns a little bit. Maybe maybe they were planning a five-day trip. They're, they're making it in, in four days. They're staying a little bit closer to home. Maybe they're cutting out a meal at a restaurant, uh, staying in a a lodging facility where they can cook inside the room, that type of stuff. But but what we're seeing, uh, you know, information from AAA and, and other um, travel-oriented um, organizations are publishing research that tells us people aren't necessarily not traveling. They're just changing those patterns a little bit, staying a little bit closer to home. So just like Lynn said, that does... Um, you know, I don't want to say Indiana is going to benefit from the price of gas, but we certainly um, we're right in the middle of America. So if people are shortening their trip, uh, we're a logical place where they could come to. Now, have you um, have you changed anything that you would do, either one of you, in terms of marketing? Um, uh, try, are you are you getting are you using your marketing dollars closer to here, Lynn? We're using some extra marketing dollars. In fact, we work with Myers Croxton, uh, located here in Bloomington, uh, to do some of our ad work. And our focus is the message, we're open, we're not flooded. <laughs> so that's certainly a combination of looking at that challenge as well as, as the drive to. And I think, as I said earlier, we're trying to be very positive rather than woe is us and, you know, and, and the sky is falling. We're working on a very positive message. Mm-hmm. Mike? Honestly, we're, we're not changing it too much because we were already marketing in Cincinnati, Louisville, Chicago, St. Louis, those markets that are three to four hours away from us. You know, you draw the 200-mile radius circle around Bloomington and Monroe County, and, and those are the markets we were already in anyway. So, and exactly the same markets for us. <laughs> right. We draw the same folks. Now, you, you talked about, Lynn, you talked about how you work together. How, how do you, you two in particular work together? And I assume that, that you include Brown County. Of Which course. Is a, a nice tourist destination destination as well. You know, in this hour's drive, and again, we're talking about easy drive, there's just a wealth of attractions and a great variety. And we've done several trade shows together, the, the, three, com, the cr- three counties, communities in the last couple of years, did some outdoor and boat and travel shows last year. Uh, we're working together, we hope, on a, a new artisan trail that uh, we hope to get some grant money on. Mm-hmm. Our uh, sales staffs have worked together and coordinated with Motor Coach. So, you know, we, we have meetings and we strategize together. Strength in numbers. You know, if we can, if we can get somebody to come in for a two to three day trip and spend a day in uh, Bloomington, spend a day in Columbus, uh, you know, it's just that much more attractive. We we even uh, had a had a meeting recently um, with some people from French Lick about doing some uh, bus tour marketing together. Mm-hmm. So, uh, now, we, we're uh, I told Mike this earlier. We're doing a story in our paper Sunday about some of the, the, the different states around us and how they've changed some of their marketing approach. Um, and, and I wanted to, from both of your perspectives, to talk about the competition from other states. I, I know that Indiana has traditionally not um, spent as much money on tourism marketing as, say, a Michigan or an Illinois. Um, what kinds of numbers, uh, you know, are we are we talking about in terms of, of budgeting from the state level? And uh, you know, who do you see as your major competition? Lynn? Well, you're exactly right. <laughs> we are outspent. Our uh, state tourism and certainly working – the destinations working with state tourism – leverage our money very well. We don't have a lot when state tourism has uh, four to five uh, million dollars compared to Illinois at 50-some. And uh, but certainly Michigan the same way, even Kentucky and Ohio, we are outspent. Uh, One of the advantages we do have is that through the state tourism, we do have cooperative marketing programs. And with the dollars that come from the Columbuses and the Bloomingtons and all over the state, we're, we're able to have a bigger presence. But um, it would be wonderful if we were to receive more money through state tours. And uh, certainly we lobby hard. AICVB, Association of Indiana Convention and Visitors Bureaus, Mike and I are both really active in that organization. We work with the other uh, the other organizations, associations, and hospitality. We work at that just continuously. Mm-hmm. Mike? 
I think that uh, you know what the what the Indiana Tourism Office does is phenomenal with six or seven million dollars, whatever it is total. But uh, Michigan just announced they were investing sixty million dollars into tourism marketing. The thing about it is, is that we can prove it. We can back it up. You you stick a dollar into tourism marketing, and it's going to return. 10 to 20. You know, we're, we're all, you know, we're all funded by tax dollars. So we're constantly um, return, proving that return on investment. So um, it's great to be able to, uh, you know, when, when we're in there talking to a legislator, telling them how important the tourism industry is to whether it's Columbus or Bloomington or Monroe County or the state of Indiana. So um, another great thing about it is that, you know, and we're very responsible about the way we, we market um, one thing, and, and I know Lynn and I have never talked about this, but I'm sure she gets it too. Um, you can talk about Bloomington or in Monroe County, and it's we're growing, and there's all kinds of things happening, and there's a lot of activity, and there's development. And I'll, I'll be out maybe speaking to a group, and somebody will say, well, I, I love Bloomington. It's so quiet and quaint, but yet we have some big city amenities and that type of stuff. Well, what I always like to say is what's great about the tourism industry is when we're bringing in somebody from outside, they come in, they spend their money. They go home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not bringing in people permanently and, right. and making things more crowded or building this or that. Right. So, um, Could you say a little bit more about the, uh, the return on the investment? You know, we, we spend $1 in tourism mm-hmm. marketing and you, you use the, the figures $10 or $20 comes back. How, do, how are people spending money when they're here? Well, uh, we've got figures that say when you, when you come in for a sporting event, you, the, the average person spends about $120 on, on their hotel on their meals, on shopping, on, uh, you know, maybe going to a movie at night. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you what, coming up here July 4th, there's going to be about 30 AAU basketball teams. Uh, we're hosting a national championship for um, girls mm-hmm. age 11. Those girls travel with their mom and dads. Many of them bring their grandparents. They all bring their brothers and sisters. Go to the mall on July 5th or 6th, and you're going to see, set, you'll see, you'll see these kids out there. That, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, somebody on a business trip spends more than that. Uh, you know, again, they, they tend to stay in a little bit nicer hotel room, go out to a nicer, uh, Restaurant probably taking taking a client out to dinner stuff like that. So that's one hundred twenty dollars a day. Mm-hmm. One hundred twenty dollars a day. So we try to be very favorite. conservative. That's conservative. <laughs> yeah. Very mm-hmm. conservative. Uh, we uh, host World Series of girls fast pitch softball, and this year we also have a boys baseball World Series. So again, families, grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles come to these because they're really important to those kids and and their friends and families. The first year we hosted the Girls Fast Pitch World Series, the Edinburgh Premium Outlet had a 6% bump that week. Um, and so, you know, that doesn't count all of the meals in, in the restaurants and, you know, running to Walmart and buying Gatorade or, or whatever. But it, you, you see that money spent throughout the community. It's everything from, as I said, buying more wa- bottles of water uh, and food and fuel. And so many times people just think of the hotels, but so much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And, and what we were talking about early with people changing their travel patterns, what, what's happening too is maybe they will plan their family vacation around their son or daughter's sports tournament. Uh-huh. Again, so they come in for an extra day or stay a day later or you know, go from if they're in Bloomington for a couple of days, maybe they'll go to Indianapolis to the zoo or something for a day. So, uh, so that, that means both these communities, Bloomington and Columbus, are pretty well set for that because you already were going to have people coming in for your World Series and people would come in for the AEU basketball or the the national softball tournament that's coming up. So, right, that's the last week of August. About sixty teams, the, the whole community sees that. Uh-huh. So. so you expect that people, uh, at least a percentage of those people, may stay a couple extra days and in the state. And we hope they do travel the whole area and the whole state. That's one of the benefits that we serve as the hubs Mm -hmm. as those families. Some of the older uh, kids who come in do college trips while they're in Indiana. We have to look at our fine universities. So it is a benefit to the entire area. And as we said earlier, we also have spillover into another uh, a number of different communities while those families come in. So, uh, yes, those are important. In fact, as we track, and I'm sure that Mike looks at the numbers carefully and you're just estimating, 
But um, this year, we're estimating in direct spending from sports tournaments about $16 million. Wow. That's a lot of money. Mike, do you have a similar number? Or do you... Do you I can pull out of my briefcase That's real okay. quick, Bob. $250 million a year in the tourism industry in Monroe County, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. uh, and I'm sure that Columbus has – I mean, sports tournaments are one thing, but you have – I would assume a lot of people have just come to look at the architecture. Oh, of course. You know, we're so fortunate. And, and by the way, none of those structures were damaged in, in our flooding. That's one of the questions we've had over and over. We have people who come from all over the world and throughout the country to see the contemporary architecture, and uh, it's, it's our claim to fame. We probably get more free coverage. Um, so many journalists come to Columbus, and you know we end up in the Smithsonian or the New York Times or one of the national publications, and we get a lot of free coverage, and and it does set us apart. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an email, and uh, this is something we just referred to a little bit, but I'll let you both talk about it some more. Uh, It says, I'm surprised that today's conversation does not include a Brown County representative. Being a well-established tourist community, Brown County is an add-on destination for many visitors to Bloomington and Columbus. Likewise, many tourists whose prime destination is Brown County visit Bloomington and Columbus. Each locality's draw enhances those of their neighbors. Totally agree with that comment. Uh, certainly, Brown County is very important to the state of Indiana and tourism and, and certainly to this region. And Brown County is um, a wonderful partner working with us. It's absolutely true. I was at a trade show a few months ago in St. Louis, a travel trade show with Columbus and Brown County. And everybody who came to our booth said, I've been to Brown County. I, we love Brown County. So uh, it's, it's very important to us. We, we're lucky to have him as a partner. Yeah. You know, I, I have one little anecdote. You know, for the, the one time this year I actually played golf was over Memorial Day weekend. And I played with two guys who were here with their wives from the Chicago area. And they said they'd been coming to Brown County for something like 15 years. And then they come to Bloomington to play golf or they go to some other place to play golf or they go to Columbus to play golf and they go to one of the other communities for dinner one night. So, I mean, they're a very real example of of what people do. And we trade off in all kinds of ways. Uh, The IU football uh, spectators and also IU basketball, you know, we get some of that carryover. You know, Brown County does as well. Um, All of the assets of Brown County work for both of our communities. And I think one of the beauties of, as I said earlier, in this hour of driving, you know, what a great variety. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to give you each an opportunity. If you were were going to pitch the listeners out there on a, you know, a a two or three day trip to to one of our one of these communities, you know how how would you pitch sort of a Bloomington, Columbus, Brown County um, visit? What what would you stress about the the three different places? Want me to start? Sure. Uh, yeah. I certainly think that uh, in that variety that I just mentioned, certainly uh, the beauty of this area. And we all have wonderful landscapes and gardens and forests. And uh, it's one of the things that I think our visitors like that variety, even uh, looking at maybe the formal gardens in Columbus of uh, well, the Irwin Gardens to the, the, the beautiful hills in Brown County and the wonderful IU campus and, and that variety. Uh, in fact, I don't. I haven't talked to Mike about this, but Columbus won the American Bloom contest um, in two thousand and six. And last year, we were entered in the communities in Bloom. It was an international competition, and I uh, am aware that some folks from Bloomington came over to our place yesterday because they're interested in capitalizing on the beauty of Bloomington. And we were coaching them because we would love it if they also had that designation. And uh, so certainly gardens, landscaping, the, the beautiful outdoors, um, our art, there's this you know, solid theme. Uh, again, different kinds of public art and art, uh, all the artists that Brown County uh, is uh, home to. We have certainly artists in Columbus and Bloomington. We have wonderful museums in Bloomington. Uh, 
we have worked really hard on our public art the last several years because it's a good marriage with the architecture. So those are two solid mm-hmm. themes I, I would call to the, the uh, visitor's attention. Okay. Well, Bob, the first thing I would tell anybody to do is go to visitbloomington.com <laughs> to plan their trip because that's where they're going to get all that. So whew, I got that out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. But one thing Lynn didn't mention was what I think is probably the best attraction in the state, the largest lake in the state, Lake Monroe, right here. It's just beautiful, and uh, we're lucky to have that. And, of course, we're sitting here on the campus of what I think is the finest university in the world, which is an attraction in itself, all the limestone. You know, there's so much going on with limestone right now. We've got the limestone symposium going on here through the end of the month. Uh, I got to mention, too, this weekend, yeah. Taste of Bloomington out around the square we haven't even mentioned going right. on. It's, it's a big weekend mm-hmm. here in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the culture, so many things uh, around that culture. Uh, I, I was just talking uh, this morning to somebody who um, had mentioned they, they were talking to somebody who had moved here from New York. I think it, maybe it was a, a professor here at the, at the university who was worried, but when they got here, they couldn't believe all of the arts and culture just because of the university. So we're just so lucky to have that. Right. When we talk about right. – uh, sometimes we'll have people from the School of Music on here, and that's another area in Bloomington. I'm sure Columbus – a lot of people from Columbus come over here. Exactly. And, and then we, we from, have a Philharmonic and also another – the Columbus Symphony. Mm-hmm. So that another strong theme. And, of course, we have the wonderful uh, folk art community as well as the wonderful music. Uh, Tim Grimm is a uh, is a, a guy from our region from Columbus, but and has concerts, the Americana Music Series in all three of our counties. Uh, so we have it's that flavor of this part of Indiana that I think our visitors find. Also, just speaking to the ladies for a minute, um, we um, our communities are part of a. a it's a partnership among eight different destinations in this state, and uh, we're appealing to those girlfriend getaway folks and uh, have worked together on a nice publication that was uh, printed last year, and uh, we're finding that uh, the women in, in Indiana and in the Midwest and um, primarily the Midwest and beyond, are really enjoying all of the attractions, the shopping, all of the other things in, in our communities. It, it, it's interesting because I saw an Indianapolis magazine, Indianapolis Monthly Magazine, I think had a cover story about that very thing, the, the women's getaway kind of thing. So go ahead, Mike. Lynn mentioned the flavor too. You know, we don't, there probably isn't a day that doesn't go by that we don't get calls about the restaurant scene in Bloomington and Nash, people going to Nashville, what the restaurants over there and that type of stuff. So, and Columbus, but, uh, you know, uh, Farm Bloomington is a perfect example of somebody who's getting calls from all over the country about what, what's going on with that place. What is that place all about? Same way with Oliver Winery. And that was um, a Columbus gentleman, I believe. Yes, yes. Here, so. my, uh, he, and his parents live across the lake from me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've had, we've had time for our break. So we're halfway through the program. We're talking about tourism today with Mike McAfee and Lynn Lucas. They're from the uh, Monroe County Convention and, Visitor, Convention and Visitors Bureau. Mike is. And Lynn is from the Columbus Area Visitor Center. If you have questions or comments, phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or send your email to noon at indiana.edu. We'll be right back. You're listening to Noon Edition on member-supported WFIU. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home office and garage, Using a variety of systems with no major renovations, Closets 2 owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. And from South Dunn Street Project, represented by Brian Lappin Real Estate, classic bungalow-inspired architecture in the Bryan Park neighborhood of Bloomington, www.southdunnstreet.info. WFIU thanks all who support public radio. Next time you're visiting one of our business supporters, please let them know that you appreciate their support of WFIU. Perhaps you're involved in decision-making at a business or profession in the WFIU listening area. If you'd like your message to reach WFIU listeners, you can find out more about benefits of underwriting with a call to 1-800-662-3311 or a visit to our website at wfiu.org. 
Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times along with uh, Mike McAfee, Executive Director of the Monroe County Convention and Visitors Bureau, and Lynn Lucas, who's with us from the, as the Executive Director of the Columbia, Columbus Area Visitors Center. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348, or you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. We've been talking about an awful lot about tourism the first half of the program, and we'll continue to do that. But the other part of particularly Mike's uh, venture is the Monroe County Convention and Visitors Bureau. Um, the convention and meeting business, convention and meeting market, what's that like for us and what kinds of uh, work are you doing in that area? Mike? Well, it's big business for, for Bloomington and, and Monroe County. Obviously, we have the convention center downtown and uh, bringing in groups all the time, all year long. You know, just think about it. You bring in 200 people to stay two to three nights in the area. Again, those people are going out. It's that same figure, probably a little bit more than that $120 on sports that those people are spending on a daily basis. But, uh, you know, out of my office, I mean, we're we're really a sales organization. We have three full-time sales reps that all they do is travel to Indianapolis and trade shows uh, where meeting planners are and try to get them to come here and have their event here. I tell you, I want to say one more thing about that. And, and Lynn, I know Lynn will agree with this. The hardest part about all this is getting people to try us one time. If we can just get them here once, they fall in love with it and they come back time and time again. So, you know, it's just, again, it's just overcoming that. Well, why would I want to come there? Why would I want to do that? But uh, yeah. it's... Well, what size meetings are you uh, usually attracting? Again, you know, the, the 200 to 300 is the best best size for us. Um, you know, once, you know, as far as our facilities are concerned, once you get up over 750 to 1,000, it gets a little, it gets a little large, makes things a little crowded, but that two to 300 person one is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are exactly the same. <laughs> um, and uh, Columbus is, we're switching some of our dollars, some of our sales dollars away from motor coach. Uh, because that industry is changing. Group travel's hot, but not so many baby boomers are, are getting on those motor coaches. So for Columbus Visitor Center, we don't have the convention in our name, but we certainly are out there working that convention market. We're putting even more in it energy and money into the market because we're adding um, to our facilities and we're I'm really excited about that as we are rebuilding the commons block in our downtown that's part of the the new vision 2020 uh, project enormous project several different um, things I'd like to talk about later uh, meeting and conference space is a, an important part of that we've added one new hotel downtown. We're adding a second one. We have two, another hotel that's just opened this week and a fourth one that's being built. And one of those new hotels by uh, near the Edinburgh uh, Premium Outlet Mall, it's the Hilton Garden Inn, is, has also added some handsome meeting space. So we have more product and it's extremely important to us, as Mike has said. Now, one of the hotels that you have in downtown is, is a Hotel Indigo. Is that correct? It is. It's a great place. I, I want everybody to come over and see. Even if they don't stay in it, I want them to come and see it because well, it's so much fun. Well, it's so relevant to <laughs> Bloomington because yeah. we're getting one right across from the convention center mm-hmm. as well. Getting ready to break ground on that and yeah. hopefully be open next yeah. year sometime. Yeah. A boutique hotel, a different mm-hmm. experience. Um, Columbus shopped hard to try to get the right kind of fit for a hotel in our revitalized downtown, and we are very pleased with Hotel Indigo. We have a phone call, and so let's go to Pam on the phone. Pam? Hello, Pam? County? Hey, Pam. Go ahead. I live in Brown County. Yeah. And um, I know the um, city fathers and local uh, businesses have had some concern with with the unique um, destinations down in the French Lick area right now. And uh, I was just wondering, and I know how we're trying to deal with it in Brown County, I was just wondering if either of your guests um, have have a concern with that, and if so, are they doing anything, or do you just welcome um, more um, more of an opportunity for people to visit Southern Indiana? Great question, Pam. 
Mike, you want to start? Again, I, I had kind of mentioned that earlier. We, we actually are already um, in the process of talking to them about doing some things to market to the motor coach industry. You know, again, uh, maybe you're coming down from Chicago, stop in Bloomington for a day, go on down to French Lick and, and, and do what you're going to do there. So, so we just treat it as an opportunity and um, look forward to partnering with them just like we do Lynn and Columbus and, and Brown County. So, We're yeah. exactly the same attitude. We, we don't see that that's hurting us in any way. We look at it as a, an opportunity. Let's bring more people to Indiana and move them around. Pam, I appreciate the question, though, because it's really hard to have a discussion now in our area about uh, tourism without including French Lick because it has certainly come up as a, as a destination for a lot of people. And I think uh, the further along they go down there, uh, there will be even more things for uh, travelers to see uh, besides the hotels and the unique and the uh, casino. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few years down the road, they're probably building other um, attractions down there as well. Yeah, I think that's true. I'm, I, I want to ask both Mike and Lynn. I mean, you've talked about how you can partner with them and it would be an advantage. I, I, would, uh, I would think that there would be the tourism element, which – would be something you could add on to, and then there would be more competition, I would think, for meetings that you're wanting to get. I think that's somewhat true, um, but I think a lot of the associations are looking throughout Indiana for different opportunities for their members. Uh, If there's a, a worry about competition, I would, from my experience, from talking to our peers, I think it's our gaming uh, partners that have had more concerns than maybe Bloomington or, or Columbus because we're not competing for those gaming dollars. I just look at it, it's, it's a little bit different product than ours. Uh, you know, obviously we have the university here. Uh, we have uh, uh, university conference services that, uh, you know, get educational opportunities, fraternal organizations, those types of things. So those are who we're marketing to, a little bit different uh, market than, than they have. So that, that's what we're after. And there are plenty of groups out there planning their meetings and conventions that right. we can go after. Okay, Pam? Yes, thank you uh, very right. much. Thanks a lot for the call. Our phone numbers again, 855-0811 in Bloomington or 877-285-9348 from Columbus or any other area outside of the Bloomington calling area. And you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Mike, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the IU Conference Bureau. I know this is probably a good week to be talking about IU because of Mini University, which is uh, another unique kind of thing for our community. How does that fit in with your with the tourism industry and with what you do? Well, uh, freshman orientation has been going on this week. We, we've had people from our office here helping out with that. Uh, it's phenomenal. I was at... Uh, the, the Marriott Courtyard earlier this week, I drive by many of the hotels every, every day. Illinois, Michigan, Wisconsin, license plates, they're all, the, the parking lots are all full. So it's just a great week. Uh, you know, we're all here because of IU. Uh, so uh, it's, uh, every year it's fantastic. In, in August, 30, 35,000 kids come back to school. So uh, it's great uh, built-in business for us. Yeah. You know, that spills over again to Columbus and I'm sure other places. We've worked with the conference center folks at IU. They have day trips. They bring people over. Uh, good working relationships, you know, and I'm sure, Mike, it's the same way. We work with folks in Indianapolis to do the same kind of thing. So even if you're not getting those visitors overnight, they may be in your community for a day, for a day trip, and, you you know, money is money, and, and we're all pleased to see those visitors come into our communities. I, I think that's a, a really good point because when you talk about French Lick, too, if there's a meeting in French Lick, I would think that if somebody brings their, their spouse and kids that they might want to spend a day or two in French Lick and then they were looking for someplace else that the spouse and the, the youngsters could go. And I would think that Bloomington and, and Columbus and Nashville and probably Louisville would be among the places that they would go. So another day trip opportunity. That's sure. it. that's the pattern. Yeah. All right. We hope so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, well, I, I told Mike I, I spoke this morning with uh, one of your um, colleagues, Bruce Jacobs, who's the president of your board, and he said, hey, ask Mike about the grant program that he's involved with. Can you talk about that? Sure. Uh, in 2009, actually, we're getting ready to introduce it in just a few weeks. Uh, our applications will be available, but they're event grants where um, we will be uh, giving out grants to uh, 
events such as Lotus uh, to do marketing outside of the Monroe County area. We want to try to bring in people to stay in hotels. Uh, so, um, you know, go into Indianapolis market, go into Louisville, Cincinnati, those types of places. But it's just all marketing dollars trying to get them to be able to branch out a little bit and, and grow their events. Okay. So Lotus, for example, or mm-hmm. the 4th Street Festival or something Absolutely. like that could, could apply for a, a grant of what size? $5,000 is the maximum, but anything, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, anything. that They'll just have to fill out an application, submit their marketing plan to us, and measure what happens. That's going to be the big part of it. Right. We, we want to know who's coming, where they're staying, and what they're doing while they're here. Yeah. So, Lynn? We've had that same kind of program in place for oh, 12 to 13 years, and it sounds very similar. Um, we uh, certainly want accountability. And as those events put together their marketing plans, we will uh, – the grant will help fund if – if our board passes the grant, will help fund the marketing outside of Bartholomew County. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find that that working relationship is very good. Uh, we also help them sometimes uh, as to leverage their marketing dollars through uh, the uh, state tourism um, cooperative marketing plan. Another thing we're doing, and I know uh, Bloomington is uh, doing this new research that that we're working with Temple University on a we call it smart. It's a way of learning more about your visitor. It's a touch screen uh, computer uh, tool. And we are now requiring that those festivals and events use our smart machine to get even more information from the visitor. How does that work? They put it at the event? They put it at the event, and it's working for us. We we initiated that uh, last year, and we're finding some good feedback. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing the same thing. You can actually come into our visitor center and use that machine, and we'll have a machine uh, that actually all of the people or the events that we give a grant to will be required to, to get a certain number of visitor profiles for us. Okay. All right. We have another phone call, and it's Gene. Gene, go ahead. Um, Gene, uh, Bob, this is Jean, I heard you just a little while ago talking about the taste of Bloomington, uh-huh. and uh, I wondered if you uh, remembered that this is the weekend of the Garden Walk also. Uh, yeah, Jean. Uh, Mike, you've got a, probably a, a list of things, but I know the Garden Walk is going on uh, yeah. this weekend. Now, why don't you talk a little bit about it, Jean? Well, it's uh, an annual affair. It's sponsored by the Bloomington Garden Club, and it's for the benefit of Hilltop Garden and Nature Center, which has certainly been in the news a lot lately, right. fortunately. Yeah. And uh, it's um, uh, something that is very enjoyable. There are six gardens uh, that includes, I think that includes Hilltop. Um, and uh, you can uh, get more information by calling uh, Hilltop if you uh, uh, if you want to, I don't have that number right okay. here, but perhaps you have it. Yeah, I don't have uh, it with me, but yeah. I'll tell but you anyway. where you can you can find that number is on that web the visitbloomington.com website on our calendar okay. of events. The Garden Walk is listed on yeah. there. Any event, pretty much. I don't want to say every event that's going on, but uh, that that calendar is very inclusive yeah. of stuff. Yeah, Gene, I want I want to thanks thank you for calling. I know when we talk about events going on this weekend. Uh, you have a couple of major advocates in the Herald Times newsroom who look forward to that every year. Oh and, yes, and, well you've been good to us about <laughs> and publicity, they, and I I knew you wouldn't want to miss it. No, no, huh. Uh-uh. And, uh, you know, the art fair on the square, too, is, a, is yeah. another big event yeah. that's this weekend. So. It's a busy weekend. Yes, it is. Jean, you'll want to be aware of uh, a new garden tour in Columbus this weekend. Uh, you'll be busy with yours. But on Saturday, we have uh, a tour at Tipton Lakes, and it's uh, a boat uh, garden show. You go from on boats in Tipton Lake to uh, six different gardens. And so we're looking, oh, I, yeah. we're looking forward so. to initiating it. And I want to also put a plug in for all the Columbus events. That's www.columbus.in.us, and, and we have a similar event calendar. Uh, and uh, any information about our events, well, you'll find there. All right. Okay. okay, Gene, thanks for the call. Thanks, Bob. All Bye-bye. Right. All right. 855-0811-877-285-9348 and noon at indiana.edu. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the occupational hazards. There are so many events going on, you know. It- 
can't always include them all, but that's, that's definitely a good one. And that's okay because we <laughs> want our visitors to know that there are so many events. They can't do that in one visit and they, they should come back. That's right. Um, I want to ask both of you about employment in the, the tourism industry. Um, I know that, you know, we talk about visitors coming to our community and spending money, but but tourism also employs a lot of people in, in hotels at art stores in various places. Do you have any any figures? I do. Okay. About 4,000 jobs and $60 million in wages in Monroe County alone in the tourism industry. And, you know, mine are very similar. Our, our last economic impact uh, showed that this was 2006, two years ago. It was about 58,000, uh, or excuse me, yes, um, I don't mean 58,000, I mean $58 million. And so, um, it's very important. And, you know, there's that perception out there that, you know, these these hospitality jobs are, you know, in the dishwasher in the back of the yeah. of the restaurant. But it's all levels of wages. And so it's a, a really important uh, to both of our economies. Yeah. And it's also important, I think we ought to say, for quality of life. I mean, the, the, the idea that all these events are going on is great. Also, the idea that a lot of people are coming to our community and we have uh, exposure to people from different places, those are all good things too. Sure. So there's a, there's a lot to be said for the whole uh, tourism industry. Um, so let's look ahead to the rest of the summer because we, you know, we only have about five minutes to go. And I know we've talked about this weekend and there are a lot of events coming up. We've mentioned a few other, a few other events. So why don't you pick out two or three events, uh, uh, Lynn, that are going, going to be happening in Columbus that you might want to alert people to? Well, we're getting into our festival season, and uh, our fall is full of festivals. And one of the new ones I'd, I'd like to talk about is in September. Um, Tim Grimm mentioned his name earlier. He started working with our uh, Columbus Area Arts Council last year to bring in um, uh, musicians from around the country. And the new Driftwood Valley uh, Music Festival began last year. It's growing this year. It's uh, not not only artisans that are uh, musical artisans, but also we're bringing in some of the other arts. We're going to have an iron pour where people can pour, make their own sculpture as part of it. It's at our Millrays Park in the middle of September. And we're really looking forward to growing this. Um, we, it has the, uh, it was a wonderful first year event last year. Uh, Tim is a wonderful uh, native of Columbus, and uh, that's our newest most special, but there's also the Scottish Festival, the Ethnic Expo, mm -hmm. the big festival in Hope every year. So for, starting in July on through the rest of the season, check out our website and, and uh, enjoy the festivals. We, we Hoosiers <laughs> love our festivals, don't we? <laughs> All right, Mike? Well, right now through August 9th is the IU Summer Music Fest, just ongoing large large music festival. Uh, coming up July 4th, uh, the fireworks here at the stadium at IU, uh, coinciding with the parade downtown. And, uh, of course, I want to mention this is the 100-year anniversary of the courthouse. And, and just everything that's going on downtown in our square and, and the, the buzz and the energy, again, that's where the big restaurant scene is. Uh, Bede, Bloomington Entertainment and Arts District uh, is going on. Uh, had the groundbreaking of um, the bike trail. Uh, down there, which we're so excited about. Yeah, the Beeline Trail. The Beeline Trail. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Lotus coming up in the fall, uh, Hilly 100 bike tour. You know, didn't even really get into talking about uh, bicycles and how, how much of a growing uh, market that is for us and, and uh, so much of that going on here in Monroe County. Right. Well, so. I think about, I, I was looking at Lynn as you were talking about the Beeline Trail because I know that Columbus has a pretty active bicycling Oh, certainly, and our we we call them the the uh, people trails. Uh, we have about twenty miles, and we have you know a great uh, possum trot bicycle boogie. I love to say that uh, race as well as the Hope Ride, and certainly with our young professional, that that's getting to be a very important amenity that communities almost have to offer. Mm -hmm. And the, the Beeline is a it is not just a bicycle trail; it's exactly. a people trail too. Right? Sure, right. 
Okay. Um, in the last uh, couple minutes, I, I want to talk about other. You know, if if both of you could sort of mention maybe an out of the way attraction in your community or county that that you might that people might not know about that they might want to come and discover. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little bit of help. I, I, not that you need it, Lynn, but I know that when I I visited Columbus and went on a a, a bus tour, and one of the things that that I remember very well from it was the uh, the monument, the the soldiers and soldiers and say I don't know what you call the monument downtown, but the the war memorial. Yeah, the veterans memorials, yeah. what we call it, and it's um, certainly significant. The uh, the visitor is not on the bus at that point, but it's near our courthouse, and uh, it's, it's first of all just a remarkable monument just to to look at it from afar. But uh, you've had the experience. You go inside the monument and you read stories from these soldiers who lost their lives in in our wars. And it's one of those emotional experiences for many of us and our visitors. Uh, It's hard to come away from there without tears in your eyes. Yeah, it was memorable. (laughs) Is there anything else you want to mention? I was going to mention, and I take you out of downtown Columbus, but to hope. uh, We're finding our visitors are loving discovering that small community. Simmons Wineries out there. We have Ellsbury's Greenhouses, which is one of the largest in Indiana. And just the whole new hope experience is the undiscovered, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Mike? I hate to put you guys on the spot like this, but I guess I have. I don't, I don't mind at all. I, I, I have a few. Uh, something that's unique to anything else in the world is the Tibetan Cultural Center. And, uh, you know, not, I think most people in Bloomington know about it, but certainly it's something um, probably some people don't. So I think everybody should go out there and see that architecture. Uh, It's really amazing. We talked a little bit about Lake Monroe, but we also have Lake Lemon and Griffey Lake. So we have three lakes right here within 15 to 20 minutes of of Bloomington, which I think is is an amazing feat in itself. Uh, Right here on campus at uh, IU is the Kinsey Institute. If you haven't been to that, it's a little bit more eclectic, but it is something, again, nothing like it in the world. Everybody should be here to see that. I did mention Oliver Winery a second ago, but Butler Winery is another great winery right here, um, right outside of Bloomington. Mm-hmm. So those are just a few things. We have about 18 wineries in this part of Indiana, the south central part of Indiana. Also, we have wonderful children's museums, mm-hmm. both Columbus and Bloomington. Wonder Lab. And right. Kids Commons. Mm-hmm. And uh, family travel is so so important to us. Oh, yeah. Well, we are out of time. We could talk about attractions in Columbus, Bloomington, and and Brown County and this part of the state for quite a long time. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you so much. I'm sure we'll have you back. All right. I want to to thank our guests today, Mike McAfee and Lynn Lucas uh, from the Convention and Visitors Bureau here in Monroe County and the Columbus Area Visitors Center. For uh, Mary Catherine Carmichael, who couldn't be with us today, for Catherine Hageman, who is hopefully has dried out from from the flooding in Columbus, and for, for engineer Mike Pashkash, back from vacation. I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at wfiu.org.